bankruptcy, divorce laws, disability, probate, there are so many classes on the path to practicing law. Unfortunately, most schools fail to instruct you on the business of law. This is Solo De Facto, a show dedicated to discovering the success secrets that exist in the reality of running a solo practice. My goal is to find the one thing that separates each guest from the rest to give you practical solutions to create a thriving firm. Solo De Facto is sponsored by Back Office Betty's, trusted virtual legal receptionist. Welcome, everyone. I'm happy to be here today with another episode of Solo De Facto. Uh, today's guest is founder and CEO of Trusty Oak Virtual Assistant Services, Amber Gray. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much. All right, let's get right into it. I am just going to straight up and ask you, um, what's the one thing that you wish attorneys knew about running a successful law firm? Yeah, I, the one thing for me is that I think that we should spend more time focusing on creating systems for delegation and communication. And honestly, I've, I see you know a lot of solopreneurs, small business owners, they're focusing a lot on operational processes like and client intake and marketing, but a lot of times it is there's no forethought to you know setting up a system that's going to help you work more efficiently with someone else. If you're delegating to a contractor or an employee, having some systems established so that kind of gives some guidelines can really increase efficiency, which is the other way we, we reduce costs. So if you're focusing on building systems so that you can work more efficiently, that's really a key thing. Uh, and I wanted want to kind of elaborate on that too, just because um, the system is is one thing. You know, the software, the process, the way you approach it is one thing. But the other part of it is that if you've got a high trust relationship with the person that you're delegating to, you're working with, communicating with, that also increases efficiency. And and a lot of my like my I guess my philosophy for work and everything really comes from this book called The Speed of Trust. It's uh, by Stephen M. R. Covey. And the, the equation that he sets up in that book is that um, speed goes up and cost goes down when trust is high. So if we can work on ways to increase trust in relationships, then it's going to ultimately speed up your business functions and give you a you know, more cost-effective way of doing business. And so having these systems in place, tie, just to tie that back together, is the systems in place um, it can help with establishing that trusting relationship because if people know exactly what to communicate when and how, you know, there's different ways, email, Slack, all these different ways you might communicate. You've got to have those systems in place that there's, um, you know, stability in the, the systems to establish that trust. So yeah, it's kind of a two-part thing. <laughs> yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, and I can see why it would be something that you don't really think about because when you're you know, getting someone to help you, you expect it to just go easily. <laughs> um, exactly. So it does, it sounds simple. So why don't we think about this when we're considering, you know, hiring people? Why do you think that people and small businesses and the owners, they're not thinking about that communication before they set out to hire somebody to help them? Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's because we're getting caught up in Things like, like, how am I going to get leads? Those are, those are all pieces of the puzzle that they're, you're just, it's more hot on your mind. And, and especially if you're a solopreneur, you're on your own. You're probably not thinking about how am I going to delegate because you are the person, you know, that you, you're, you're me, myself, and I, you're the person you're delegating to. So you may not be thinking about it, but 
if you're wanting to scale your, your firm, you want to have those systems in place even before you need it. And really, you know, outlining exactly how you want to handle communication, like when is it appropriate to make a phone call versus using a project management software or something like that. So it just is, I think we focus on these other things because they're what's hot on the agenda. So what is the one thing that you think everyone gets wrong when they do start trying to communicate with the people that they've hired to help them? Well, the first thing is that I don't think expectations are always aligned in the beginning. Um, I, I work off of this uh, process called the five levels of delegation. And it's, it's essentially, there's, there's these different levels of delegation that you could be using. Like level one is pretty straightforward. It might be even labeled as micromanaging. It's do it exactly as I say. Uh, level five is the other end of the spectrum of, you know, I'm gonna give you something to do. I just want you to take care of it. You don't even need to report back to me. And then obviously there's levels in between there. And so a lot of times when you start working with someone and in communication uh, and delegation is kind of, kind of tied together there, You've got somebody, you know, maybe the client is on one side saying, okay, well, this my level of expectation here is level four, but the person you're delegating to might be working off a of level two. And so that's a there's going to be a big gap there in terms of what people are expecting to do. Level two is, you know, I want to tell want you to tell me exactly how you're going to do it, report back to me with research, and then I'm going to tell you what I want to do. And so if you're wanting someone to take more autonomy and actually just take the ball, fully take it off your plate, and they don't do that, then you're going to be disappointed and think there, there's a communication issue. But really, it's just about aligning expectations from the beginning. So really, it's just you've got to set those expectations from the beginning. And even coming up with this system that you talk about with the person you're delegating to or the team you're delegating to to actually say, this is how we, we're going to uh, distinguish the different ways that I'm expecting you to do something I'm handing off. And it really makes a big difference just knowing that everyone, you know, is on the same page in terms of what the outcome that you're looking for is. Um, and so really, I guess it's about aligning on outcome first and then working backwards from that. That makes a lot of sense. So what if, if you are going to start that conversation, do you need to consider the personality of the other person or do you just need to have a conversation no matter what that personality is? about their level of management? Is it something that you can work within any of the five levels? Yeah, or is well, it like everyone has their one set level that they're gonna be able to work at? I, th I think you know a, a good worker is going to be able to flex, be flexible between the different levels. I mean, level five is really, to me, that's, that's a level of delegation that you would really give to someone like, your COO, for example, like somebody that you're hiring that you really need to, to own, fully own the outcome, the process, every piece of the puzzle. Uh, so it's not always appropriate to, to strive for level five, if that makes sense. So um, as far as personality goes, I think it is, it's something to consider because we all think different, communicate different. I mean, some people talk fast and they're really direct and, and they're, you know, they don't really like small talk while other people might really value having opportunities for it to be more than just down to business and to be able to actually get to know someone a little bit more, maybe uh, warm up in the conversation. Um, other, other people like, um, you know, working with our clients and our virtual assistants, we see sometimes where a client will come in and say, I really want somebody that's going to tell me if I'm doing something wrong. 
Um, you know, that's a lot to ask from a virtual assistant, but at the same time, it's, it, it, it isn't because a VA could recognize something that needs to be done in a certain area, make a recommendation, actually don't do it that way. I've seen it worked better this way. So uh, you, it is a little bit of give and take in terms of personality and you want to have a good understanding of, you know, what communication style works best for someone, but I don't think it's, um, it means that you really only work well with a certain type. It just uh, good to understand those differences in each other before you dive in. Yeah, um, it's funny. So I actually started working with back office Betty's initially as a virtual assistant. Oh, cool. um, I met Emily on a Facebook group. Um, I don't know if you know, I'm also in Austin. I know you're in Austin. And um, so I met Emily on a local Facebook group that she was looking for a VA and I had just started my VA business. Like this was almost three years ago. And um, I, I had all of these ideas that she, that they were things that she didn't consider, you know, when I'm looking at it as a completely different person from what mm -hmm. she's looking at. And so then I had all of these new ideas for the ways that things could happen. But then I remember her telling me that she thought that hiring a VA was going to be taking things off of her plate and giving her more time. But it actually felt like because of all of these new ideas and things that she had all of these new to do's that it basically evened out. But she's getting more done because somebody's helping her. But it felt like she wasn't because our mm -hmm. communication wasn't set up like that. And mm -hmm. I was brand new to the VA, you know, world. So I didn't have any way to set up that communication initially, but mm -hmm. I can definitely see how that's something that would majorly impact the successful relationship between a business and their VA. And um, now obviously I'm like the full-time director of marketing, so I'm not really <laughs> doing that very much anymore, but um that's awesome it, though. It's, yeah. It's like that little experience that just kind of ties back. That's like, I can really understand what you're saying right now because it makes sense to me too. Yeah. Well, and I, I would just say too, it's, it's interesting to hear you that you were a VA first and then moved into this higher level role. My company, when I started, I was only utilizing people as virtual assistants, but now my VP of operations uh, was a VA and now she's my full-time VP of ops. <laughs> She, she's also, you know, helped with a lot of the marketing. My recruiter at one point was a virtual assistant that had been helping part-time. And then I've got, you know, different functions of the business that I was using VA fours. And now, now like another one of our VAs is our client success coordinator. So um, it's kind of funny how a VA, I think is a lot more versatile than people think initially. Yeah. And sometimes they can, you know, grow into something more substantial than just admin and back office support. So it's pretty cool. Totally. I think the really cool thing about it is that, um, well, for me specifically, when I started doing VA work, I was just kind of dabbling, trying to figure out what it was that I even liked doing, or I knew what I was good at, but I didn't know what I was going to like offering to people. Mm -hmm. And Emily was the first one to really throw marketing at me. And so then, you know, I realize I'm good at this and I love it. And so then we were able to build our relationship and, and she could see my potential in moving into this role. Mm -hmm. But I've seen that happen with a lot of people that once you hire somebody without really those expectations of managing them fully and everything that they come in kind of like part-time and they're there to help you, you can build a relationship that's different than 
you would if they were like immediately an employee Mm -hmm. and you can get to know their strengths almost in a different way that you can pick out those things that you think that they would be good at. And then also the person that's a VA can find what they're enjoying about what they're doing and find their little niche. And I think it's really cool. I think it's a cool way to really get into a career and, you know, find your spot and then also for businesses to find their people. So, (laughs) yes, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an exciting partnership that I think has been overlooked in the past. I mean, it's starting to surface more and more, but um, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential in relationships between VAs and entrepreneurs. So. Yeah. So I want to go back to, um, you mentioned some of the different ways that you can communicate and what, um, what might be the best ways to kind of sort out that communication based on what your needs are at that time. Can you kind of list out, you know, examples of what communications you would use at what time and how that might help um, fix your issues between communication and delegation? Yes. And I can provide a visual if that's something that you want to include in the notes or something like that. But yeah. um, I, I have a tiered communication system. I don't have a fancy, you know, cute name for it and just calling it tiered communication system, but it's, it's essentially set up like a pyramid where the, the, the things at the top of the pyramid are, are, it's a communication method that you should use less frequently and only when there's some urgency. And at the top of that, that's um, text messages and actually um, if you're, if it's a phone call, it's not a scheduled call, just, you know, picking up the phone and calling. And the reason why I say that those should be used more sparingly is because there are so many other tools within business now that you can continue to, to keep proper boundaries between work and home life. Um, especially if you're working with a virtual assistant or someone else that is maybe not working full time or not working traditional business hours. This is a really important step because our phone is attached to us at all times and there's not, it's not easy to segment out work and home and, you know, all the other things that you're juggling. So if you're texting someone and they may not be on their business hours, then that might be interfering with, you know, personal life. And so again, back to the trust idea, you've got to have good boundaries in order to keep trust high in that sense too. So using those types of um, communication methods less frequently is a good idea. Um, Kind of working our way down the, the pyramid uh, Slack is a better way. It, you can still have the same feel, uh, you know, as text, and really you can call through Slack as well. But this is good because you can set "do not disturb." You can set a status to show that you're available, and uh, you know, if you're on your lunch break or walking the dog, or if you actually are available to to take a call, then it, it's okay for it to be more impromptu. And so I always say use Slack for things like um, quick exchanges of information that does need to be synchronous. Um, don't assign tasks through Slack. I've, you know, I've uh, tried that, done that. Lots of things get lost if you're putting, you know, tasks into a Slack chat just as you're thinking about it. Can get lost, especially if it's a, you know, there's a lot of communication happening. So, kind of some best practices in terms of the way to use Slack. But um, I think it's a really useful tool for for teams because you can turn it on and turn it off and decide if you want it on your phone or just your computer and and kind of, you know, just, just be able to have a little bit more, um, I guess, guidelines around what's expected in terms of how to use the tool. Uh, the next level on, on my little pyramid is Loom, which is a video screen recording app that you can also record um, just videos, you know, just yourself, or you can share the screen and show yourself as well. 
And I use this tool. I, I mean, I've been using it all morning already. It's just something that I, I've worked into literally every process, every part of my business, whether it's checking in with clients, um, whether it's, um, you know, updating someone on a phone call that I had and I don't want to type out a big long email. It's just something a little bit more efficient. Um, and then also if you're training someone, let's say you need to show them how to run reports in a proprietary software of some kind and they've never used it before, you can screen record and narrate through, this is how you do the thing. And then they can actually watch that on their own time. So again, you're avoiding having to sync up. It's gonna be more efficient for you. Um, and it's gonna give them a resource to be able to look back on if it's, you know, they need to look back at the recording. So um, that's the, another really good one. And then there's email. You know, we ever, everyone uses email and that's a really good way for larger amounts of information, files, those types of things. And then on the bottom level, is Zoom meetings started to me. I was like, what is that, that bottom level? So yeah, Zoom. So truly syncing up, collaborating. These are, those are the times that I always say, you, you want to always have an agenda if you're scheduling a meeting um, and you know, make sure it's scheduled in advance so people can come in prepared. You can make it an efficient collaborate, collaborative time and move on to getting other things done. So um, those are the levels that I, are the tiers that I really think are important when you're, you're establishing a system, thinking about those different tools that you want to use, deciding which ones, and then sharing with the people you're working with how you want, want them used. Because it's real easy to cross the lines, especially with something like Slack. It can start getting out of hand pretty easy if that's the go-to for everything. Um, so having the guidelines and some, some way of you know, directing people how to use the tools is really important in the piece too. Yeah, I love that. And I would love to see that visual. Um, yeah. And then to I can add it to the show notes for everyone listening, because I'm sure you're all curious too. Um, but back to the Slack thing, it's so true because things move so fast. And there's not really, we don't use Slack at Back Office Buddies. We use something else that's very similar. Mm-hmm. And um, there's not, at least with our program, there's not a good way to like flag something as like, Mm -hmm. I need to come back to this or I need to do it. And, um, Mm -hmm. I literally right before this call figured out that I could do that in my email where I can flag things with different tags Mm -hmm. of like creating to-do lists that I can like sort things by the tags. I was so excited because I was almost drowning. I was gone for bereavement leave for like a week and I was almost drowning, you know, in the, stuff that I was being asked about or asked to do or follow-ups to do or all these things. And so today learning this, I'm like going back through, I'm like, oh, to do, to do, to do. And then I can sort it all. Like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so having that kind of made it so much easier for me than if all of that was like in a chat, you know, it's like, there would have been no way for me to even sort through all of that. And there's definitely no way I was paying attention to any of it while it was gone for the last right. week, you know? Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be a job to catch up on all of the chats in, in Slack when you come back, it's either you needed to be there in the moment or, you know, there's some other way to get updates when you do come back from being out. So yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, an important thing to consider. And, and one other tool that I forgot to mention is Trello. I like, you can put Trello on your phone and that can be kind of that alternative to, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on a run and I realize, Hey, I forgot. I need to make sure so-and-so does X, Y, Z. 
you can actually just type it right into a Trello assignment instead. And so it's still getting captured. It's in an organized way where later your delegatee can prioritize the tasks that you're coming up with. But I love doing this with my assistant where if it's like, like I'm thinking of something, oh yeah, I need to make sure that's on there. And then it, I can worry about the how and the details later, but at least it's captured. So now that they can ask me about it and it's in a place where when they're going to do my task, they see it there versus um, slacking them and hoping they remember it the next time they're working. <laughs> yeah, I love Trello um, and I actually use it for our content schedule. And just like knowing, okay, this piece needs to be done by this person at this time so that it can be pushed out on this day, you know, and mm -hmm. it's amazing. I love Trello. Where does mm -hmm. that, where does that one fall on your level of communication? So it's not in, it's not in there, but I would, I would probably put it in there with Loom just because okay. it, it is something that's more, it's asynchronous, uh, but you can drill down and, you know, have communication back and forth about a specific topic because the way Trello is set up, you have a card and then within that card, you can post comments, upload files, all of that good stuff. So. Awesome. So I want to move on a little bit and just kind of discuss your business. Is there anything super exciting that's coming up for you in the near future? Uh, well, we're getting ready to roll out uh, something we're calling the Growth Starter Pack. We currently have a 90-day trial period where our clients can kind of test the waters with their VA without with a lot of flexibility, and we're keeping that. But we're we're building up some of the resources that come together in that Growth Starter Pack, where we've got um, what we're we're calling a roadmap, where we're actually sitting down with our clients to help them visualize what does success with a VA look like. And you know, we have documentation on exactly what success looks like. So our VAs are you know, better informed on what they need to be focusing on. And our clients also have that. Uh, and then there's something we're putting together called a, a CCD agreement. It's communicate, collaborate, and delegate because that's another piece of um, just what makes working with someone else more successful is if you're clear on the front end, like I said earlier on, You've got to establish the outcome you want. Both of you have to understand what that outcome is and then you go for it. So um, agreeing to communicate is a key piece of it, collaborating and delegating. So we're building this package to sort of help people, especially first time users of a virtual assistant, hire someone and we guide you through the process of how to actually make it effective. Because we've, we've served hundreds of clients and a lot of people are really struggle with getting it started. And so if we can help with that getting started part, I think a lot of people will experience the, the freedom that comes with delegating and being able to grow your business leaning on others. So it's good. Yeah, that sounds really helpful and a good way to make sure everyone's um, on the same page for what to expect, mm -hmm. which I think is valuable for everyone. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, are you using any really cool, um, technology that we should know about? Yeah, well, I mentioned Trello earlier and um, actually more specifically for attorneys, uh, we uh, one of our VAs is a paralegal as well. And she wrote a really great blog post about this that um, kind of explained how you can use Trello even for your customer relationship management. Um, she she has it set up um, and she can design a template. And we have a template on the on the blog as well. And again, I can share share the content with you to to share in the notes, but um, you can track your case, you know, through the life cycle of the case. Trello is a really great visual way to do that. You can set reminders, make sure you're not missing important deadlines to 
you know, submit things and, and whatnot. So it's, it can be a tool that helps you in the day-to-day -day operations of things, but it also is that, that key tool to be able to delegate. So delegate, delegation is sort of my, my talking point, obviously, just because I, I've seen it effective in my own life and business. The more I delegate, that's where I see growth happening. And so I think it's, you know, it's, it's one of those professional development pieces that we don't think about a lot, but if you can get really good at delegation, everything you, you get to focus on the things you really love. And so um, I'm a big fan of Trello for that. And, and I mentioned Loom already. Those are kind of my two, my two go-tos that I always like to recommend to people. That's amazing. Um, delegation is life-changing. And when you're a perfectionist like I am, it's really hard to get there. But <laughs> then you do it and you're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner? Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. So now I need to ask, how did you even get here? How did you get into the space of virtual assisting? I want to know, you know, your life story. Yeah. That brought you here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a wiggly windy road for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, so I never went to college. I was a pharmacy technician for 11 years and that was, I mean, really right out of high school. Actually, I might've still been in high school a little bit working as a cashier at a pharmacy. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I had no business in business is what I like to say. I really don't, I, I feel like a little bit of it was serendipity to be able to end up here, but um, I was burning out in my pharmacy job, just realizing I have a lot of talent that I'm not able to apply in this field. And I was already getting older and thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to go back to, or go to school. I never went, went to college at all. So just trying to figure that out. And one of my friends that was a web designer was working for a marketing agency here in Austin and um, she was building websites. And so she's saying, I'll pay you to project manage me. I think you've got, you know, that's something you're good at naturally. So just help me stay on track, help me get the content together for the web pages. And, you know, that I was just sort of a support person. And so I did that for her and the, the company she was contracting for just kept giving more and more website projects. And um, it was, he was a startup in 2010. And um, I, I mean, it was a few months into it and he hired both of us full time. So I just, Kind of, kind of the way you're telling your story about, you know, you started out as a VA and had no idea you ended up head of marketing. It's just, it's the same situation where I didn't know what I was doing, but I was just feeling it out. And then all of a sudden someone else saw potential in me and said, okay, this is what I, I need help with. And I just kept building my position over and over again. I was project manager, uh, content strategist for the websites. Then I was the web director overseeing the de developers, designers, content people, the works. So we were working in collaboration with a social media team and a PR team. And so there was a lot of stuff that I felt like I had no business in, but at the same time, I was learning from some really um, just incredible people that were willing to take the time to show me. And so that's, I mean, I really have to give credit to, to that opportunity for sure. I would have never uh, started a business, but as I continue to grow, I ended up VP of operations my last year there and just started feeling again, just that, that angst of like, I feel like I could do more and I'm feeling a little stuck. I've been there five years. And when I couldn't find a job somewhere else, I'd apply to, you know, I know a lot of people apply for jobs longer than two months, but for me, without getting only one company interviewed me and it was a lot because of the, the lack of college or, you know, any degree, I just decided to opened my mind to the idea, maybe there's something else. What if, what could I do on my own? 
And I just, I saw on social media, a guy in Georgia that has a virtual assistant company. It's actually still one of the top players um, in, in the virtual assistant space. Uh, but I saw him talking about hiring VAs and I thought it was just such a cool idea. And um, I, I applied for a job, but it, was, it was, wasn't the pay or the number of hours that I wanted. So I just had this idea the next day in the shower. I don't know, it just kind of a light bulb moment that hit me and I'm like, I think I could start a company that did that. I would need some help, but I think I can do this. And so I just, I went for it. I, I think I was just very desperate to do something different. And so I, and I was in a position to be able to take the financial risk. So I just, I mean, I, I bootstrapped the whole thing. I didn't borrow any money. I did have a partner for a little bit in the beginning. And so um, I felt confident enough to dive into the unknown, but um, that, that was six years ago, well, just over six years ago now. And, um, now I'm just doing everything I can to manage the rapid growth. Cause it's been, it, it's been picking up, especially after last year with the pandemic and a lot of people letting, letting full-time team members go and being really open to the idea of a fractional support person and contractors and virtual assistants. So, um, so now I'm just, just working on getting the right people in place to be able to support the growth because it's gone fast. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I love hearing stories like that because um, it's very inspiring. And honestly, while I didn't take my VA business very far, it pretty much just afforded me to live. <laughs> um, it Starting that came from the same idea of like, okay, what can I do? working for myself. And mine was a little different out of necessity of like, I have two kids and couldn't afford daycare. So I was like, what can I do? And um, so it started with that, but it's just wild how easy it is now to like take an idea and run with it and create something amazing like you have. I think that's so cool. And then also obviously the experience that you got in a similar, I feel like I'm connecting with you on like a <laughs> another yeah. level, you know, cause we're kind of similar with how we got started and everything. That's pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's why for me, I look at opportunities to be able to help other people that maybe want to freelance or, you know, I had, had a friend last year that didn't have a job basically through a lot of the pandemic and even into this year and just taking time to help people connect them, introduce them. I mean, that, that's how I got where I am. So I think it's really important to just look at, look at those around you that may be still searching for their their dream job or their, you know, maybe they do have an idea. They want to start a company. It's just, it's important to have those mentors in place. And so, um, again, I just, I give a lot of credit to my mentor, Rusty, Rusty Shelton. He was the the one that had the company that I left and he helped me get started with Rusty Oak. And so I'm really grateful for that. That's amazing. If you could go back in time and meet yourself when you first started Trusty Oak, what advice would you give yourself? Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I've thought about this a lot because, um, yeah, hindsight's 2020, right? <laughs> you start thinking yeah. about it. Um, it, it really would be to, to get clear on your, on my purpose and to be able to focus on really putting purpose first, because if I'm focusing on doing what I was created to do, what I believe I'm here for, then everything else gets easier. And I can actually live out my true, you know, personal purpose through my, through my business. And so, uh, really keeping that, that I have to remind myself of that purpose a lot, especially when things get challenging, I have to look back and say, why am I doing this to begin with? Because the why 
is what keeps me going. And, and just remembering that really, and for me, what that is, is, is helping other people have purpose fulfilled lives. I mean, I think that we can really change the world we live in on so many levels. Our economy is affected by people with jobs they love and they're working and they're spending money and they're, there's, there's so many different elements to it. And I think that um, it's, it's important to, to really keep that why in mind. So that's the main thing is just know your purpose and follow it. And, and uh, if you start feeling frustrated, look back at it again. So practicing that a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really helpful for just about anyone listening. Um, and now you spend your free time doing something really, really cool. Um, can you <laughs> tell me more about that? Yeah. So uh, my wife is a pilot for Delta and also she's an instructor right now. She's actually instructing more than she's flying, but uh, because I have a pilot in the family, I'm able to go flying in small planes. So we rent um, little planes in Georgetown and which is North of Austin for people that are listening that aren't in Austin. It's a little, little small town in North of Austin. And then there's a uh, barbecue capital of Texas and Lockhart, Texas. That's on the other side of Austin. So We'll rent planes and take our friends flying over downtown Austin, look at, you know, UT Stadium and the tower and the Capitol building and then head out to have some barbecue and then come back, come back to Georgetown. It's only about a 45 minute flight, even with the, the circles over downtown. So it's a lot of fun to, to get up in the skies. <laughs> so, that is so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, side note on that. So I have really bad motion sickness. Is that something that is like really difficult to be up in a tiny plane? If in the, in the circular motion? Yes. Uh, one time we went in a glider, which has no engine, just really long wings. And, um, you're connected to another small, a small plane, uh, by a, a rope essentially. And you have a lever. So they, they pull you and take you up into, you know, the area where the lift is working enough to keep you up. And then they, you release yourself from the plane that flew you up in the air and then you glide back down. Well, the way you stay in the air, you have to keep circles going. So, uh, yeah. And I did, I have a little bit of a motion sickness problem too. And I didn't realize that's how you stay in the air in the glider. And so I'm like, Oh, I'm getting sick. We've got to go down. Like, okay, well that's how we stay up here. <laughs> <laughs> is by found awful. Yeah. So maybe one or two circles and then you need to need to just keep things flying straight if you've got a motion sickness. <laughs> How funny. Good advice. Cause now I, I know. Yeah. Now yeah. I know. Yes. <laughs> well, um, this has been really, really great. Um, where can our listeners find you? Trustyog.com is is the easiest way to get all the arms into the different places that I am. But on social media, all of our, our company accounts are Trusty Oak, and then my personal ones are Amber Gray ATX. So um, yeah, those are the best ways to find me. And um, I'd love to share some of the, the resources I mentioned on today's call too. Those are all on the website as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amber. All right. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share. It was fun to get to know a little bit about you too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And to everyone listening, if you learned something or enjoyed this podcast, um, please share it with someone else who might get some value from it. Um, that is it. And we will catch you next time. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information, visit our site at solodefacto.com. And remember, smash that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. Solo De Facto is sponsored by Back Office Betty's, trusted virtual legal receptionist, helping you grow your firm one call, one chat.
one new client at a time. To discover how they can help you grow your firm, head on over to backofficebetties.com and mention the Solo De Facto Show for an exclusive listener offer.